Uh, last week, we saw the purpose of Christmas, and we were reminded that we celebrate the birth of Jesus that actually occurred in history. That, that's huge. This is not some fable or myth. Uh, when Jesus took on human form, was born of Mary in a manger in Bethlehem, that's actually historical fact. Okay? Now, in God's Word, we have three different accounts of the Christmas story. Matthew focuses on the birth of Jesus to a virgin mother. Matthew focuses on her husband, Joseph. Uh, he writes about the angels, the magi, the wise men, and then the family fleeing to Egypt. Uh, Mark is the one of the Gospels. He just starts off with Jesus as an adult. So Mark doesn't discuss what we would call Christmas. He moves right into the three years of ministry of Jesus, John the Baptist, his baptism, his testing in the wilderness. Uh, Luke's gospel uh, tells us of the earthly cousin of Jesus, John the Baptist being born, and then an unborn child in its mother's womb, in Elizabeth's womb, is the first person to acknowledge Jesus Christ, which is kind of interesting. Uh, Dr. Luke, the historian, records the details of the Roman census, uh, why Joseph and Mary had to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Uh, there was a census going on. Dr. Luke gives us details of the shepherds who were willing to be interrupted, and then the shepherds were the first missionaries to go and tell people about the newborn king. Now, John's gospel, that's the third account, uh, tells us of the incarnation of Christ, uh, the pre-existence of Jesus, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity. John shouts, hey, the Word was with God and the Word was God. So John's Gospel explains why eternal God entered into the limitations, the confinement of a womb, born in a manger, born into time and space. And, and John's Gospel is the only one that tells us uh, Jesus has two natures. He was fully God and fully man. That's who this Jesus was fully divine. Now this morning, we're going to look into that third account. We're going to be in John's gospel. We're actually going to stand and read out loud together the first 14 verses that tells us why we should be worshiping this newborn king. Okay, So why do we get all uh, excited about this time of year? John gives us lots of reasons why we should be celebrating and worshiping the newborn king of kings, okay? We're going to actually look at four reasons this Christmas uh, is so much more than trees and lights and carols and presents and Santa. Jesus entered humanity through Mary's womb, and we're going to look at reasons why 
we should celebrate and adore him. Would you stand with me, please, if you're able? And we're going to read out loud some of the best words ever written about Jesus. These, this, this is gold as far as God's book is concerned. Would you read with me? Here we go. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. And nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth, resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we've seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for those powerful words we just got to read out loud together. Thank you for inspiring John to write down the details of the most awesome and amazing and loving journey that's ever taken place. So we praise you for sending your son, the second person of the Trinity, to become flesh and make his dwelling among us. Lord, would you help us now as we dig into your book to understand and comprehend what Jesus becoming flesh means for us, what it means for this world we live in. I pray once again for those, Lord, who are watching online, who are here in person, because some here, uh, this is a hard season. Some in this past year have lost loved ones. These past few years, uh, I, I pray specifically now for the Judy Plank family, Lord, uh, I pray for Glenn and Pam and Willis and the rest of the family, Lord. I pray, Lord, that as Judy's doing really well and with you right now, I pray for them, Lord. Give them the peace and the grace and the comfort and the strength that they need from you. I, I pray for those whose marriages aren't doing so good today. I pray for those whose finances aren't doing very good today. I pray, Lord, who's, for those whose physical bodies are beginning to fail Lord, would you meet each and every person who's struggling, who's in pain, who, who's overwhelmed with life? Lord, uh, this time of year is especially hard on people who, who are struggling, who are in deep pain. So rain down your grace and your mercy upon each of them. We invite your spirit, Lord, to come and take charge today in your church, because this is your church. And all the church family at Walloon Lake, 
said with one grateful voice, you can be seated. Four reasons for us Christmas 2021 to worship the newborn king. That's what we're going to talk about here today. We'll get those from those verses we just read. Uh, first reason for us to worship the newborn king is before Jesus was born as a baby in Bethlehem. See it right up there on the screen. Jesus already existed as the word. Let me say it again. Before Jesus was born as a baby in Bethlehem, he already existed as the Word. Verses 1 and 2. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. Okay? Uh, in the beginning should have kind of a familiar ring, does it not? Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Uh, he's saying, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And John is telling us that person he's talking about here in John 1, uh, he was active and he was alive in the activities way back in the very first book of God's word. Okay, Genesis 1 and 2. The person he's talking about here in John 1 was all about what was going on in Genesis 1 and 2. In the beginning was the Word. If you slide down to verse 17, John tells us who he's talking about. He said, the person that I'm talking about, the Word, is Jesus Christ. Okay? So he's talking about Jesus Christ, and he says, Jesus was with God the Father, and Jesus was God the Son. Do you have that? Jesus was with God the Father, and he is God the Son. The Apostle John wants us to know from the very start of his gospel, hey, this Jesus is the Word, and he's eternal in his existence. Okay? Track with me for a moment. In eternity past, Jesus Christ has always existed. Well, how is that? He, he's always been God the Son, the second person of the Trinity. And he wants us to get that uh, and put it on our hard drives so we know that. Uh, Jesus is eternal. Jesus is forever. Jesus' life did not begin when he took on flesh and was born and placed in a manger. Do you understand? He, he always was. He always has been. Go back to verse 1. Uh, John's explaining Jesus the Word was with God the Father, and he too was God and is God. Okay? Separate from the Father in personhood, but the same with the Father in his deity, in his godness. Uh, let me say it this way. Jesus was with God the Father, different person, Jesus was God, same divine nature, okay? Very same divine nature, but different in personhood, okay? God's word is telling us something important and profound. So don't, don't miss this. Before Jesus took on a body and born in Bethlehem, Jesus Christ is one in nature with God the Father. So, 
The very first reason we should worship the newborn king is because he's not just some baby we worship who was born in a small village named Bethlehem. We worship the second person of the Trinity who's always existed and was with God the Father from the very beginning. Make sense? So why are we worshiping? Because he's all, always existed. He is the second person of the Trinity. Uh, second reason we have for worshiping the newborn king is because before Jesus was born in a manger in Bethlehem, track with me, Jesus created the cosmos. Jesus spoke the universe into existence. Okay, let me say that strong because you need to get... Jesus is the creator of the cosmos. Jesus spoke the universe into existence. Where do you get that? Look at verse 3. What does it say? God created everything through him, the word, Jesus. God created everything through Jesus, and nothing was created except through him, through Jesus. Slide down to verse 10. Jesus came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. Okay? Jesus is the creative and the creator person of the Trinity. Okay? God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Jesus is the creative one of the Trinity. The second person of the Trinity is the creator of heavens and angels and the hundreds and thousands of billions of galaxies that we keep discovering as technology gets better. Okay? As our telescopes and our technology gets better, we keep realizing how big this universe really is. Here's how Paul explained it. Colossians 1. Uh, look that up. We'll put it on the screen. Verse 15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Christ existed before anything was created and is the supreme over all creation. Verse 16, for through Christ, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. Jesus made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through Jesus and for Jesus. Jesus existed before anything else, and Christ holds all things together. Okay? Both John and Paul here in Colossians 1 tell us Jesus, the second person of the Godhead, is the one who created everything in the heavenly realm. So, Henry, how big is the creation that Jesus spoke into existence? How big is it? Um, about 20 years ago, I remember uh, them saying, well, we think that there's about 100 billion galaxies just like our Milky Way galaxy, okay? So we inhabit uh, one galaxy uh, that our star is ahead of ours, but there's 200 billion stars in our galaxy. Got it? We, our galaxy, Milky Way, uh, we have our sun. We're just a small little part of 200 billion stars, okay? Uh, this is according to space.com, okay? So, 
One galaxy, that's us, about 200 billion stars. Uh, now they're guessing, are you ready? That how many galaxies are there? Current estimate is there are 10 trillion galaxies, okay? They thought about 100 billion, then 500 billion, and right now, currently, with the current technology, 10 trillion galaxies. Each galaxy containing billions of stars. That's uh, a number one with 24 zeros behind it, okay? One, got it? Zero, 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 zero. Zero, 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 zero. That's way more than there are specks of sand on planet Earth. Do you understand? It's, it's a number that you can't even comprehend. How big is our universe? Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's awesome. Oh, and by the way, this uh, scientist, uh, he says uh, it's likely a gross underestimate. He said the more we learn, the bigger we realize it is. So why should we worship this newborn king? <laughs> Because before Jesus was born in a manger in Bethlehem, Jesus was God Almighty, who was the creator and spoke into existence 10 trillion galaxies. Okay? Uh, he spoke it in, in and there it was. And, and that's probably low right there. It keeps growing. Okay? That little baby that Mary pushed out of her body is the awesome, eternal creator of everything and everyone. That's why we should worship him. Uh, we should worship this newborn king first because this little baby has always existed. He always was. God the Father, God the Son were together there in the beginning. We should worship this newborn king secondly because that baby that Mary pushed out of her body is awesome and eternal and the creator of all. Third reason we worship the newborn king is because when Jesus was born, this is the third reason, it was in fact God becoming man. God became man. Slide down to verse 14. Here's what it says. So the word became human and made his home among us. Jesus was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we've seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Okay? So, this is eternal God, creator of the Grand Canyon, Lake Charlevoix, the Bear River, the Pacific Ocean, you can just keep going, everything. Awesome, eternal God, is now taking on skin and bones and body. Do you understand? So, so the awesome creator is now uh, confining himself to a body and becoming one of us. Okay? Jesus the Word, the second person of the Trinity, literally became God with skin and bones on. That's what it says, okay? Uh, fully human but also fully God. So 
Jesus born in a Bethlehem barn was both fully human and fully God. Now, why is that important? Why is that? Can I just say quickly, this is not sixth grade stuff, okay? We're like going to advanced degrees. Uh, in This is like PhD level stuff. So no matter what translation you read, this is deep, okay? So why does it matter that Jesus was fully God and fully human? Why, why does that matter, okay? Track with me here. Because in his divinity, in his godness, only Jesus as God could bear the weight of God's anger to earn us salvation. So he had to be fully God to satisfy and be able to bear the wrath of God the Father against the sin of humanity, okay? The sacrifice had to be infinite in quality, divine in nature to bear and to satisfy the weight of God's wrath to earn for us eternal life, okay? So that's why Jesus had to be fully God, but he also had to be fully man because the justice of God the Father required that the same human nature which has sinned, that you and I, should pay for sin. So Jesus, our Redeemer, had to be truly human in order to suffer and sympathize and take our place on the cross. He had to be a righteous man, sinless in every way, because one who himself is a sinner couldn't pay the price for the sins of other sinners. Verse 14, go back there. It says a key word, became. Jesus became a man. There was a moment in time when the Word, second person of the Trinity, became human. And up to this point, Jesus existed only as God the Son, the second person of the Trinity. But Jesus became God with flesh on, God with skin on, the eternal creator of the universe, took on a human body, and, and he also was fully God. Why? Because both are needed. We need fully God and fully man to save us from our sin. Heaven and earth, think about it this way, are linked together because Jesus is both God and man. He had to be both. And this God-man, what was he like? Go back to verse 14. Here's how John, an eyewitness, describes Jesus. It says, he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. So Jesus, everywhere he went, touched people with his love, his grace, his kindness. Uh, we've seen Christ's glory, verse 14, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John exclaims, you know what? He's glorious. This Jesus, everywhere he goes, he's representing the Father's glory. He's God's representative here on earth. And I just want you to know he's glorious. Unfailing love. When everybody else runs out of your life, Jesus, the good shepherd, will stay at your side. He's faithful. He'll never leave you. He'll never fail you. So, Here's the final question. What should we do with this newborn king? 
What should we do with this king of kings, fully God, fully human, uh, eternal second person of the Trinity, spoke a uh, hundred, ten thousand billion galaxies uh, into existence, willingly left the glory of heaven, be confined in time and space, and trapped in a womb, and born in a barn, so that he could die and be our representative. What should we do with this newborn king? What, what can we do? Here's how John responds, okay? Look at verse 12. Here's, here's what he says. But to all who believe in Jesus the word, to all who accept Jesus, Jesus gave the right to become children of God. Now just let that soak in a bit, okay? Uh, all who believe in Jesus, all who accept Jesus, Jesus gave the right to become children of God. Verse 13 explains a little bit. They're reborn, not with physical birth, resulting from human passion or plan. But this is a birth that comes from God. Okay? Three key words I want to just point out here a little bit. First, the word believe. Okay? Uh, but to all who believe in Jesus, to all who believe that as God with skin on, he took our place, he lived a sinless life, he, he took the hit for our sin on the cross, shed his blood for our sin. Which means, are you ready? The greatest gift that's ever been given in all of history is Jesus <laughs> giving himself for you and for me. Okay, so the first step, believe in me, Jesus says. What Jesus has done for us is for you and for me, okay? Second key word, go back to verse 12, is accept. But to all who believe in Jesus, the word, to all who accept Jesus, okay? Uh, accept Jesus into your life, okay? Um, make sure you're not just okay with the historical facts. What are the historical facts? Uh, Jesus, second person of the Trinity, left the glory of heaven, took on a human body, lived a sinless life, took our place on the cross, shed his blood on the cross, took our place in the grave. You ready, Glenn? Rose victoriously early Sunday morning. Those are the facts, but the facts are not enough. We saw that last week, James 2.19. Even the demons believe the facts. <laughs> but you got to accept now and receive Jesus into our lives as Savior and King. Uh, in, in other words, okay, now that I know the facts, now I accept, I receive the King of Kings into my life. You know, uh, Jesus, I've been living this life. And I'm not doing so well. Jesus, I realize that I'm missing something huge. I've got this God-shaped vacuum in my life. I'm not doing great. My life's a mess. Uh, Jesus, I believe you are God with skin on. I believe the facts. You took my place. You shed your blood for my greatest problem. I'm a, I accept you in my life. Okay? Three key words. Believe, verse 12 accept, receive, which leads us to the final, the third and the final. Jesus, you give me the right to become a part of your family. Isn't that good? 
That's the favorite part. Jesus, when I believe the facts and I accept and I receive you into my life, now you give me the right to become your child, to become a part of your royal family, the royal family of Jesus Christ. Now, who do you think the most famous person alive today is? Think with me. I looked this up, and I got to admit, I, I didn't even know who a couple of them were. But uh, who, who in 2021 is the most famous person alive? Okay, you ready? This first one really surprised me. You ready? Most famous person alive. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I thought, are you kidding me? So I looked at another list. He was number five in the other one. So he's up there. Uh, number two, most famous person alive, President Biden. Number three, in case I just ticked you off, former President Trump. He was number four on another list. Uh, number four, Jeff Bezos, uh, founder chairman of Amazon. Number five, Bill Gates, founder of Microsoft. This one I didn't, I don't, I still don't know. Uh, Kylie Jenner, okay, shows my age. Uh, youngest self-made billionaire. Uh, number seven, actor Robert Downey Jr. Really? Iron Man? Yep, yep. Uh, number eight, this is for you, Brant, soccer player Cristiano Ronaldo. He's number two in another list. Uh, number nine, former President Obama. Number 10, singer Justin Bieber. He's number nine in the other list. Uh, number 11, singer Taylor Swift. She's number three in the other list. And number 12, Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> and actually, in the other list, Oprah's number one, most famous. So here, here's just my thoughts, okay? Why'd you do that? Well, let's say we get to meet The Rock, you know? Uh, or I get to have lunch with the president. Or I'm friends with the Amazon or Tesla founder, okay? Uh, that's one thing. Those are the most famous people or some of the most famous people alive today. Here's what I want you to hear. Jesus invites you to join his family today. The eternal creator of the cosmos, the one who spoke into existence 10 trillion galaxies, took on a human body, lived a sinless life, took our place on a Roman cross, shed his blood for all of our sins, arose victoriously Sunday morning. The word is saying, you know what? You can be a part of my family today. <laughs> if you'll believe the gospel facts, if you'll accept me into your life, receive by faith. Are you ready? I'll make you a member of my royal family is what he's saying. You can come and be a part of my, I'll treat you like family. You know, knowing Oprah might be nice, you know. You know, knowing Iron Man, that might be a little fun. I don't know. Knowing a president could be helpful. But knowing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, being a child of King Jesus, I just got one word. Are you ready? Awesome. Okay? It's awesome. Because 
I'm a child of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. That's a game changer. That's a life changer. Have you done that? And are you living that way? It's one thing, oh yeah, I've done that. But is it changing your life? What should we do with this newborn king? Well, first of all, newborn king, that just fits nicely. Then we should be born again by this newborn king. Because he's no longer a baby in the stable. He's king of kings now. And Lord of lords, he's ruling on the throne in heaven. And I'm just telling, he, you can be a part of his royal family. How do you do that? One last time. Believe the facts. Jesus, second person of the Trinity, left the glory and splendor of heaven and took on a human body. <laughs> Born in a, in a stable. Lived a sinless life. Never sinned. Therefore, uniquely qualifies as the God-man, took our place on the cross, shed his blood for my greatest problem and yours, we're sinners, took our place in the grave, and in early Sunday morning, I love that part, Easter Sunday, victoriously, physically, bodily arose from, he did that for us. Those are the facts. Here's what John says, now, Accept, receive Jesus into your life. I'll make you a member of my royal family. A, have you done that? Most Sundays watching online here in person, we got people, they've never done that. They've never believed the facts for me. They're interested, they're curious. They've never accepted and received Jesus. And if you've done that, is it changing your life? It's been a rough two years, hasn't it? I'm just telling you, if Jesus is your king and he's your Lord and he's working in and through you, that's a game changer. That's a life changer. And through us, we can change the world. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for being awesome. And thank you, Lord, that... uh, You willingly, eternal in existence, awesome in creating, took on a human body. (laughs) Wow. You, You willingly left the glory of heaven and you lived a sinless life. Took our place on the cross, took the hit for our sin shed your blood to wash and cleanse, took our place in the grave dead, early Sunday morning victoriously arose from the dead. And now Jesus is saying, will you accept me into your life? Will you receive me by faith? What's holding you back? Why not today? Why not today become a member of the family, the royal, mem- the royal family of Jesus? Now, all of us have been born once by our human mothers. Isn't it time you're born a second time? Born again by inviting the newborn king, who's now king of kings, to come into your life. Born again. Well, how how do you do that? 
Okay? Just saying, you got to believe the facts for you. <laughs> Go through it one last time. Jesus, you, you left the glory and splendor of heaven for me. You took on a human body for me. You lived a sinless life for me. You took my place on the cross. You shed your blood for my many sins. You took my place in the grave and victoriously, Jesus, for me. You arose from the dead. You defeated sin and Satan and death for me. Those are the facts. I believe them for me. And right now, Jesus, I accept you into my life. That's what it says. I accept you. I receive you by faith. Make me a member of your royal family. Take charge of my life. I choose to follow you. No turning back. No turning back. If you just did that, or maybe you just need a little more explanation, if you're watching online, hit that prayer button right now. Got some folks, they'll personal message you, and they'll just talk you through it. If you're here live today, make your way over to the prayer corner. Got some folks, they'll rejoice, they'll help you get going on this journey. We're excited to receive the greatest gift ever offered. And maybe you've done that, but now I'm going to live in light of that. Lord, these last few years, you've gotten my attention. Life has gotten harder than it's been. But now, I need to know who I am. I'm, I'm related to royalty. <laughs> King of kings, Lord of lords, he's living right inside of me. There's no power shortage in your life. Maybe you need to make your way to the prayer corner today and say, you know what, I need to live in alignment with who I am. My new position, my new identity, everything changed because of who I am in and through Jesus. We love you, Lord. Thanks for working. Thanks for allowing us to know your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray all these things.